Well, good morning again. It's my privilege to bring the word to you this morning. Um, before I do that, I want to want to uh, invite Becky Keedy up. She is our newest member of Chillicothe Bible Church. Uh, we, the elders and I have met with her. We have heard her testimony of her faith in Jesus Christ and of her desire to uh, live in community with us here at uh, Chillicothe Bible Church. And so we want to officially receive her here this morning. Uh, so, Becky, if you would uh, join me up here. Uh, first of all, some questions for you. Do you confess faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and do you desire above all else to live for Him? If so, signify by saying, I do. I do. Do you declare your intention to live in submission to the doctrine of the church as expressed in its confession of faith and in obedience to its membership covenant? If so, signify by saying, I do. I do. Do you promise to support this congregation with your prayers, with your faithful attendance at its services, by your encouragement of our members, the willing use of your talents in its ministry, and the giving of your means as God prospers you? If so, signify by saying, I do. I do. Well, then it is my privilege to welcome you as an official member of Chillicothe Bible Church. Thank you. Thank you. Hang on, hang on. I'm going to... I'm going to I'm going to pray for you, okay? And uh, let's let's do pray together. Uh, God our heavenly Father, we thank you for Becky. We thank you for her desire to live in fellowship with us, uh, to um, be part of a community of believers who are working toward the common goal of making Christ known in the world and living and following Him together. Father, I pray that uh, as Becky has committed herself to you, that her light would so shine before men that they would see her good works and glorify you who are in heaven. And Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Becky, if you would join me at the back as, as people are dismissed, we'll uh, give everybody an opportunity to greet you. Okay. Okay? Thank you. All right, well... Um, in just a few minutes with you, I want to look at the book of Proverbs, a section of Proverbs with you here this morning. We'll get back to Hebrews next week, but this week we want to spend a little time in Proverbs. Uh, I watched the movie The Book Thief the other night with, um, with my daughter Ashley and some of her friends. Um, if you've not seen it, it's worth seeing. It's a uh, Holocaust movie about a German family that is hiding... Uh, a Jewish man, the, the son of a, a man who had saved her father's life uh, in uh, World War One, now World War Two, and uh, they're hiding him from the SS. And as I watched this movie, I said something to Karen. I said, I said, how can people do this kind of thing to one another? How can that happen? And she said back to me, well, there but for God's grace. And I know that that's true, because I know that there is something within each of us that finds sin and wickedness and evil appealing. I know that there is. If you don't believe me, let me just ask you a question. This dates me some, but if you were in high school, uh, when you went down to Tower Records... 
Did you pick up a copy of The Passion of St. John by Johann Sebastian Bach? No, you didn't. Did you pick up Handel's Messiah? No, you didn't. But you might have picked up a 45 of this. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Looking for adventure and whatever comes our way. Yeah, darling, going to make it happen. Take the world in a love embrace. Fire all your guns at once and explode into space. I like smoking lightning, heavy metal thunder, racing in the wind and the feeling that I'm under. Like a true nature child, I was born. Come on, you know the rest. Born to be wild. That's right. Okay, we can climb so high, I never want to die. Born to be wild, born to be wild, right? What do we like about that song, other than the beat? The rebellion. We like that. We like the fact, we like the idea that no one is going to tell me what to do. Who are you to tell me? I'm, gonna, I'm an American, by God, and I'm going to do what I want with whom I want when I want to do it. Because I was born to be wild, right? And we find evil enticing and alluring and exciting. And there's another side to sin that we don't always see that the book of Proverbs reveals to us. And so I want to look at it with you just for a few minutes. Proverbs chapter 1, beginning in verse 8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their path. For their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird, but these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. Now, the book of Proverbs is written as advice from King Solomon to his son. And his son will one day become king after him. Now, Solomon was not a perfect king. He was a pretty good king uh, by the standards of the nation of Israel. But on a personal basis, he was not always someone who followed the Lord wholeheartedly. In fact, frequently he was not. And now he is an old man and he is writing this book. And he's saying, you need to learn from dad, son about how to live life successfully, how to live life skillfully and wisely. And he tells us in the first seven verses of Proverbs chapter 1 what the, the central key to that is. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, if you want to live your life skillfully and successfully, you need to base it on your relationship with God. And then for the next seven chapters... Uh, chapter 1 through chapter 8, he's going to spend a lot of time giving you illustrations 
of what happens if you follow the Lord faithfully and then also how to crater it in various ways with your life if you reject the Lord. And so he picks, this is the first example of how to crater your life successfully. If you reject the Lord and his counsel, this is one of the ways that you can get enticed into sin and what will result as a consequence of that. And the warning is against being carried along by a certain kind of friends, uh, specifically those kinds of friends that encourage you to engage in criminality. And the appeal of the friends is pretty obvious. Come and be a pirate with us, essentially, right? Come be a pirate. Come join our gang. We'll get rich. We'll have power over weaker people. We'll be bad to the bone. We will make other people fear us, but we're not going to fear anybody. We'll take what we want and we'll give nothing back and let nobody stand in our way and tell us what to do. By the way, does that temptation still exist for people? Yeah. In fact, the prisons are full of people whose story begins, well, I started out, how, how did you get here? Well, I got some of the wrong kinds of friends. And then I followed them into their evil and wickedness. Before I knew it, I was doing all the same things they were doing. And I was running full speed ahead down the wrong road. And the point is, is that what might initially, the point of these verses is that what might initially seem like a good idea is actually self-destructive, and it's on top of that foolish, in addition to being wicked and sinful. It's as stupid as showing the animal that you are trying to trap. This is a trap, right? Like, you, you, if you're going to try and net birds, you don't show them the net, and say, hey, look at the net. Come land here. Right? You don't do that. Why? Because the birds will not land, and you will not be able to catch them. And, and he's saying, these guys are stupid, because they don't realize that the, thing, that the person they're going to entrap is not other people but themselves. That's what he means when he says, they lie in wait for their own blood. The blood that you shed will ultimately be your own because we live in a just universe and wicked men eventually pay the price for their wickedness. Amen? They do, eventually. You know, like um, some of you are old enough to remember uh, Nikolai Ceausescu. He was the leader of Romania during the days of communism. And I wish I could find this video, because it's a great video. Ceausescu is out on the balcony of this, um, of, of this governmental building. You know, he was the dictator of Romania, essentially. And he is out speechifying, and, you know, like those commie guys do. Okay, they, I don't know where they go to speech class, but every one of these guys, you know, they stand in their uniform and they, you know, like Castro. I guess they all learned it from him. Uh, but anyway, he's speechifying out there and telling people, we will put down the rebellion, blah, blah, blah. And then he hears a sound off in the distance. And he realizes that what's happened is 
the revolutionaries have broken through the door. And they're coming. And there's a change in his face that is just unbelievable. He just all of a sudden has that just sick feeling of, I who put thousands and thousands of people to death and in prison am going to get mine. And he did. They threw him off of that balcony with a rope around his neck. And they brought an end to that wicked man and his wickedness. Why? Because wicked men eventually have realized that they have laid a trap for themselves. I love that scene at the end of the Shawshank Redemption. You seen that movie? Shawshank, where the warden goes over to the safe to get what he thinks is his account book that keeps all of his evil hidden. And what he finds inside is a Bible with a hammer cut out of the middle from Andy Dufresne tells him the truth will set you free, <laughs> right? And the, the law is coming, right? Uh, very few mafia members and gang members and strong men and pirates die of old age. Darn few of them die at the retirement home, right? A whole lot of them come to a bad end because they were bad men. And Proverbs says, the way of the greedy wicked always leads that way. But the fear of the Lord will not do that to you. And the way of wisdom will not take your life, but it will save it. Um, so I want to show you that here, the call of wisdom in verses uh, 20 to 33. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street she cries out, at the head of the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you because I have called you and you refuse to listen. Have stretched out, our hand, out my hand and no one has heeded because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then, I will call, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord would have none of my counsel and despise all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. For whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Now, in the book of Proverbs, you meet two women. You have Lady Wisdom, uh, personified at the end of the book by the virtuous woman, Lady Wisdom, and you have Lady Folly. And Lady Wisdom uh, invites everyone who will, it will humble themselves and learn uh, 
how to walk in a way that pleases God and that uh, gives you actually success in life. Now, I don't mean material success necessarily, but that when you get to the end of your life, you are not crying yourself to sleep at night. Bitter tears over what a train wreck you have made of your life success. That in, in fact, you look back with great joy over all of the good things that have occurred because you walked in holiness before the Lord. Now, Lady Folly has a, has a different course. Uh, we meet her in one of the, the ladies... Um, of chapter 2, chapter 5, chapter 7, it says, Her steps go down to death, and no one who goes to her ever returns to the paths of life. Okay? But this is Lady Wisdom's speech, and she says, You need to choose wisely. And she identifies three different categories of people, and they are present all through the book of Proverbs. They are the simple, the scoffer, and the fool. The simple person is the person who just doesn't know any better than to do what everybody else is doing. They're, they're, not, they're not evil, they're just ignorant. <laughs> they're just kind of carried along by everybody else and they just don't know any better. Now the scoffer is the person who knows better and chooses to do what they want to do anyway. Right? Because they're scoffing at what God says. And the fool is the third category. They are the hardened scoffer. They are the person who, though they, according to Proverbs, though they, you can raise the consequences as high as you want, and they will not repent because they are hardened in their rebellion against God. They are the fool. So when it says, the fool has said in his heart there is no God, that, that's the reason why he's hardened. When Proverbs says, a rebuke goes deeper into the heart of a wise man than a thousand blows into the back of a fool. This is who they're talking about. The person who, the, the difference between a wise man and a fool is that a wise person learns from his mistakes. A foolish person is one who you can beat until they are bald-headed. And they will not change. They will continue to do what they want to do, even though the consequences continue to mount. And, and Lady Wisdom here invites these people, the simple, the scoffers, and the fools, to repent. He says, if you will repent, then you will get the blessings that come from living for the Lord. And you will live successfully in this world. Because the commands of God are not arbitrary. Amen? They are not arbitrary. They are God's instructions for us to tell us the only way to live that will actually work with the world as it actually exists. And, and she says, and by the way, if you don't do that then when the inevitable hardships and pain and suffering and calamity come that naturally result from going your own way in rebellion against God, guess what? You can call me on the phone, but I'm going to let it go to voicemail. I mean, that's living Bible right there, but that's what she's saying. She's saying, look, 
it is too late to call me after you have train wrecked the thing. After the collision has happened, you will go, how did I get here? How did I make my life such a mess? And she says, I won't be taking your call. In fact, I will laugh at you. And I will say, if you had just listened before calamity struck, then you would not have had this happen to you. And that is true in every area of life. Let me give you just one example, okay? Somebody who should have listened and didn't. This is one of my favorite stories of all time. I had a friend when I was in in high school. We went to summer camp together a number of times. His name was Sam. Sam's dad was a pastor, but he was an ex-military guy. And so they, he was pretty rugged. And, uh, and they built a zip line in their backyard between a couple of trees. And Sam uh, loved to ride the zip line. And he thought, man, this is the greatest thing ever. And he rode it until they broke the T-handle and pulley that went on it. And so Sam's dad told, the, told his boys... Boys, do not ride the zip line anymore. It is not safe. It is not safe. Don't ride it. I've got to get the parts. I've got to fix it. But I've got sermon prep to do. I, this is not going to get fixed this week. You're just going to have to relax and wait. And so, anyway, Sam told me that he's like, so I went in the garage and I rummaged around because I was trying to look for some way to fix this because it's my favorite thing. And I, I found a D-ring little D-ring, and I went to my dad, and I said, Dad, Dad, I know how to fix it. Really, what are you going to do? He goes, I'm just going to clip this D-ring on, and I'll hang on to it and ride it down. Now, this is about a 50-foot-long steel cable, and, and, and it starts at about 20 feet at the top and ends um, at ground level at the bottom. Now, he's like, son, don't do that. It would not be safe. It would not be a good idea. Don't do that. And he's like, all right, Dad. He goes, so I waited until my dad went to do sermon prep in his office. I climbed up to the platform, clipped my D-ring, hung on, and let go as I went down the cable. He goes, about 10 feet from the ground, I repented immediately as that thing got to be red flaming, glowing hot. Because I let go, and I realized this is a bad idea, because I fell flat on my back. Bam! Okay. All the wind knocked out of me. He goes, Dad came out. He looked down at me, and he said, Son, are you okay? He he goes, and I went, yeah! (laughs) He goes, at which point Dad laughed and went back in the house. <laughs> and he told me, son, you should have listened. You know, uh, here's the thing. That is exactly the kind of thing that Lady Wisdom is telling us. That if you listen to me, and if you obey God, that that actually is the safest, wisest, smartest course of action. And rebellion against him will reap a harvest of pain. And you will get to eat the fruit of whatever tree you plant. Amen? You will get to eat the fruit of whatever tree you plant. 
And if you plant rebellion against God, then when that fruit ripens, you'll get to eat that. And if you plant righteousness, you'll get to eat that. And one tastes infinitely better than the other. But everybody gets to sleep in the bed that they made for themselves. Sooner or later. They do. If you don't believe me, ask your parents if they have a Facebook account how their wicked friends from high school are doing. Okay? Trust me on this. I can tell you, I have two groups of friends uh, on Facebook. I have friends that know Jesus and love Jesus and are following Christ. And I have ones that have basically not changed since high school. They are still the same pagan people that they were back then. And there is definitely a contrast between the outcome of those lives by the time you hit 40. I can just tell you that there is. And it, by the way, continues on past 40 all the way to death. It continues. Um, Let me wrap this up. C.S. Lewis said that something along these lines, I'm paraphrasing here. He said, Christianity is true, but even if it were not, we must live as if it were, because it is the only way that will work. And that's a fact. If you want to live successfully and wisely in this world, the world that God made, you are going to have to choose the way of wisdom. You are going to have to follow Christ wholeheartedly in every area of life. You are not going to be able to be successfully on the cafeteria plan where you pick what you want and do that. That doesn't work. Doing that produces bitter fruit and calamity in your life. And it is very, very difficult to undo some of it after you have already dug the hole. It is very, very difficult. Some consequences last for a long, long, long time. Until glory, in fact, with some of them. So... As Moses said to the people of Israel, today I have set before you two choices, life and death. Choose life that you may live. Amen? Let's pray. God, our Heavenly Father, you spoke through the prophet and you said, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Father, help us never to be that foolish. Help us never to think that we can get our own water somewhere else, that there is a, another way, another, another path that leads to joy other than following You. Father, we know that there is no other road, that the only fountain of living water is the one that flows from You. Father, we know that in our head. Help us to know it in our heart and to live it out and to walk in fear of the Lord 
according to your will and your commands that you have given to us by your grace. Help us to do that, Father, by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.